You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure you follow the show. If you don't already, you can get it wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Got to get in on that. I haven't done a Locker Room session in a while, and it's always good to connect with all of you because, well, Miami season might be over, but the news keeps churning around the NBA. I'll be talking a little bit about Damian Lillard and the changes in Portland, how the timetable for the Heat has gone very differently than when the front office expected and the now-confirmed news regarding Tyler Hero and his personal life, which should remain personal. But I'll start off with a great deal of gratitude because ever since the season ended rather abruptly, I've gotten a number of direct messages, emails, text messages, so many of you expressing gratitude for my coverage of the team, for being a source of information to provide perspective. It's just... It's incredible. I, I really, I've talked about it before, how, how much I rely on all of you for the support that you have given me throughout the last couple of years of, of doing this on my own now, but even before that, when I was hosting with Wes, of course, and everything I've done from my writing to the show, you've all been incredibly supportive. And to see just the tons of messages from all of you, it's it's beyond touching, and I just wanted to thank you all again. I, I've tried to reach out to all of you uh, personally, and if I have not, I completely apologize. But there has been a lot, and and that's great. And it just, it's again, it's overwhelming, and I'm so glad that I can do something for all of you. A lot of you mentioning things about oh how much it's a part of my daily routine, or that it helps me get through my day, or even you know regarding the playoffs. That it was just, it was comforting to hear somebody remain positive about the team after the team got swept. That's, that's incredible. Like I, I sometimes I, I have to step back and think about the, the possibility of even influencing or impacting somebody's daily life like that. People who I've, I've never had the, the great fortune of being able to meet. You allow me into your lives to some degree, and I'm incredibly, incredibly blessed and grateful, and thank you so much to all of you. I don't want to get too sappy. I can I can get into that uh, a little bit later. <laughs> you know, I'm always prone to uh, a little bit of sappiness from on occasion, but again, thank you so much, and, and please keep them coming, not just about me, obviously, or about the podcast or anything like that, but I do need your feedback. It's going to be a weird season for content because without a draft pick, there's not a lot to talk about regarding the draft. And who knows what might happen in the trade season or free agency or anything like that. We'll have to be uh, waiting any kind of news from the team. But there has been some news regarding Tyler Hero. Both he and his girlfriend, Instagram model. Well, I don't know if she's just a model, to be 100% honest with you. And I think that's part of the problem with the discussion is that I don't know her. I've never seen her. She was in the Orlando bubble last year. We had seen pictures of her with Tyler before that. And there is a great deal of presumption taking place and always with the problematic view of how women are viewed in general in society. And and Tyler and his off-the-court personality or persona or whatever you want to put it at. And, and so I think... Let's just say Tyler Hero and his girlfriend are expecting a child. 
A picture was posted on both their Instagram accounts showing that she is in fact pregnant. Something that I'd heard some time ago and I guess we're just now receiving confirmation. I hadn't really dug into it too much because I, I didn't, well, first and foremost, I don't think it's any of my business. And I'll, I'll make that abundantly clear now. I'm talking about this now because so many of you are bringing it up, for better or for worse, and, and the debating the subject that is none of our business, but so many of you are talking about it. And I want to show different sides of this perspective, but I will also add right now that this is probably the last time I will bring it up. Unless somebody specifically asks me a question about it in an upcoming mailbag episode or something like that, the subject of Tyler's personal life and when he and his girlfriend decide to have their child is really none of any of our business. Now, it might be the teams, and this is the caveat I will mention here, is that I think we've heard a lot of the buzz probably some of it exaggerated, even exaggerated by some local media, that members of the front office have concerns about Tyler and his off-the-court interests, his Chipotle deal, his you know uh, sponsorship of the Fruit Loops-type cereal, and now, of course, his relationship with a Instagram model at the very least. And I'm using model because, again, I don't know exactly what she does. I think there are some fitness videos. I think she might even endorse or produce some fitness products. I don't know enough about it. I don't really care enough about that. Whatever she does in her personal life or for her business life is up to her and up to Tyler. So it's really none of my business. But I think from the front office perspective, there are concerns that maybe he is spread a little too thin. And this has been going on, something I didn't realize how uh, militaristic the view in that front office is when it comes to their players. Like, Jimmy can be involved in a, a million different types of coffee and wine pursuits and traveling all over the world and being a general bon vivant, a guy about town, a renaissance man who's interested in many, many things. But when it comes down to the work, nobody questions his work ethic because he is so exemplary on the court. And, and I think he does, as we all know, put in the time to do whatever is necessary for him to get better. With Tyler, as a 21-year-old, I guess there are still concerns in that front office that maybe he is a little bit too scattered right now in regards to where his focus is, that he should be applying himself much more completely to the game itself and improving. That's a pretty strong argument, considering he did struggle somewhat in his second season. There are other reasons and factors why he may have struggled, the lack of an offseason, the fact that he couldn't really develop much, the fact that he already took a leap in his development in the Orlando bubble, on and on, things that you and I have talked about a great deal that I've mentioned on occasion throughout the whole season. There were moments, glimpses here and there of the Tyler that we all saw as a rookie. And more often, however, he did struggle. And I don't know. I don't know if the pregnancy had anything to do with it. I don't know if he was concerned about whether or not he was going to get traded, which I think was a huge issue weighing over him for most of the season. You know, you're 20 years old. You're, you're drafted by this team that puts so much faith in you in hopes that you'll be able to take a huge leap in your development, and then all of a sudden they start shopping you for everybody, basically. Kyle Lowry, for you know, James Harden, for Victor Oladipo, for almost anybody that you could possibly imagine. Your name is linked as a potential trade target, and in the meantime, you also find out that your girlfriend is pregnant. Now, the timeline for it, I don't really know. Again, they didn't specify when, she was, uh, when the baby was first conceived and, and how far along she is or anything like that doesn't really matter. I would say, based on a picture and my complete non-expertise as a non-medical person, she's probably somewhere around three months along. That seems pretty fair. Somewhere in that later stage of the first trimester. And if that's the case, you know, I, I can't say that his struggles in December were the result of her pregnancy because it looks like she may or may not have been pregnant sometime or they probably found out about it sometime in March. 
That seems much more realistic, maybe even April. And if that's the case, then I don't really think it was weighing on him throughout the course of the season. I think there have been lots of different factors. Again, the fact that he was linked to so many trade talks, the fact that he was not able to work and develop the way that he was used to, the fact that he is still only 21 years old and that teams are all, you know, making him a focus when it comes to shutting down the team's offense and things of that sort. So I, I think there was a lot going on with Tyler's sophomore season. He did struggle. I don't think anybody would deny that. I don't think he's happy with his performance, and I think he's going to continue to make leaps whenever possible, given his somewhat limited I think athletic talent or whatever his physical potential might be, he he cannot become a supremely elite level athlete. I mean, look, he's a basketball player, so they're all supremely elite level athletes, but there are grades, you know, there are levels to all this. He's not going to become LeBron James or Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's not. That's just the reality of it. And so given his physical quote unquote limitations, He's going to take whatever leaps are able to be a much more consistent shooter, improve his handle somewhat, and of course, hopefully improve his defense. But that's, this is all very subjective. This is all assuming that the front office has the concerns about Tyler and whether or not, no, I'll rephrase that. I do think that front office has concerns about Tyler. I don't know how much his girlfriend's pregnancy had anything to do with that. And that's the bigger issue here, I think, judging from the comments that we've seen, some really insulting comments both to her and to him, questioning their intelligence, whether or not she is uh, trying to be a gold digger here, trying to exploit him for salary or anything like this. Uh, she's been with him long enough now. She got pregnant, whether it was intentional or not. Again, it doesn't really matter. A lot of people questioning whether or not she's trying to lock him up and, and you know using the baby as a rationale for quote-unquote securing the bag. These are real tweets that I've seen from people saying that she's trying to secure the bag by, again, locking down Tyler and forcing him to be with her. We don't, we don't know the nature or the details of their relationship in any way. And we've all just, we've all become voyeurs here. She posted, he posted a picture showing that she was pregnant. And we've all felt free to comment on this. Oh, again, I haven't, but a lot of you have. A lot of people, Heat fans, have felt justified in commenting and insulting her and questioning her loyalty to him, questioning her reasonings behind wanting to have a baby. This is a family matter. It's a personal matter. It's none of our business. Does it impact him on the court? Absolutely not. I don't believe that for a second. I think there have been plenty of players that have done lots of things off the court, whether it's getting girlfriends pregnant, getting one-night stands pregnant, getting into uh, you know adulterous situations with their spouses and things of that sort, and none of it has impacted their level of play. Tony Parker slept with a teammate's wife and continued playing with the San Antonio Spurs for a number of years. Let's forget about you know Tyler having a child at 21. Think about the think about the cloud hanging over that locker room. You know, I, I think the NBA and the professional athletes that have to deal with these kinds of things, they are very, very, very equipped to compartmentalize in a way that none of us are, or most of us probably aren't. I don't think I'd be so comfortable separating those kinds of aspects of my personal life, especially not when you have 18,000 fans bringing that up to you. You don't think somebody's going to hold up a picture of her, unfortunately, to, to make him miss a free throw or bring up the fact that, I don't know, 
she was engaged in a, in a potential, a rumored past relationship with an NBA player. Like these kinds of things probably have popped up on occasion and he's probably heard them before. And I'm sure they're dealing with it in the way that they have to deal with it. And it's none of our damn business. He is still an NBA player. He's still a player with promise. He's going to continue to improve or not. And none of it is going to have anything to do with his relationship with his girlfriend or the fact that they are having a child together. We have to wish them the best of luck. Because right now they are young people having a child with, I, as far as I know, no experience. And that's where you start to wonder whether or not they're capable of handling the pressures of parenting. And there are pressures involved. And that they hope that you hope that they do the best job possible as parents. That they fill their child with as much love as possible and teach him or her what's necessary for them to continue to thrive in this society. That's it. That's where our that's where our expectations, that's where our duty ends. They are parents now. They are going to continue to be parents. And hopefully their child will be healthy and strong. And hopefully they will do a good job raising them. That's it. That's all that matters. We don't question other people's family lives. We don't wonder about whether or not this player did this or that. And I don't see any reason why it should change because Tyler being 21, which is a big sticking point as far as a lot of the negative comments that I've seen. But I'm ready to move on. Again, I don't want to bring it up. If you've got questions, send them over. I'll answer them because if you have some serious concerns there, I can understand why that might be something to focus on to some degree, but I don't really see any need for further discussion. There's nothing else to talk about. They're keeping the baby. She's pregnant. They chose to have it. Whether their intentions were purposeful or not, who cares? Who knows? And it doesn't really matter. They're having a child. And hopefully that child will be healthy, and hopefully they'll do everything possible to raise that child the best that they possibly can. But Dame Lillard, well, let's just say he's a little frustrated with the situation in Portland, and I want to talk about that in the next segment. But first, you know, they're looking to hire a coach in Portland. Maybe one of the ways they could possibly find a new head coach is by using Indeed, because if you're the hiring expert for your company, the way Neil Olshay is in Portland, well... You probably need a, a qualified list of candidates, a short list there, and you need somebody to make that job much easier. That's where Indeed comes in. Comes in. That's the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. You get a quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster, and you only pay for the candidates that meet your must-have qualifications. And then you just schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. It makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, it gives you quality candidates whose resumes fit your job description immediately. And then you have skills tests that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. It's easy to get caught up, to waste a lot of time finding the right candidate, but Indeed makes everything so much easier. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. So get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to update your job post at Indeed.com locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com locked. Indeed.com locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions do apply. And when you're done finding the right person for your company, reward yourself with a Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Why are they so good? Because they're 100% covered in chocolate. All their nine delicious flavors. So many different mixes that you can choose from. You can build your own box. That's the best thing of all. I love 
that you can just get all kinds of different flavors, give them away to coworkers, to family members, like I do. Uh, my wife has been very popular at her place of work by giving them away to some company, some fellow coworkers of hers. So I, I think it's been a great thing. Uh, Built Bars, listen, if you're looking for an indulgent treat every once in a while, if you're looking for just the right snack, and if you're a health conscious person, then Built Bars are the right ones for you because they've got all the nutrients you need and without sacrificing any of the great taste that you expect. You don't even know you're eating a protein bar. So go right now to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. So use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Miami Heat might be out of the playoffs, but the road to the final still continues, and our coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. I'll still be bringing in occasional playoff coverage into my coverage of the Miami Heat because I think it's worth noting that there are either some players that are in Miami's potential radar or some former Heat players that are still in the playoff mix. Right now, even as I'm recording this, Josh Richardson continues to struggle as a member of the Dallas Mavericks. And I've got to say, I feel bad for Josh. I really do. I try not to get too personally involved in the futures and, and current playing levels and of, of certain Heat players and things of that sort. But I think for all of the all the crap that a lot of Heat fans gave Josh, he did everything that was possible here. And unfortunately for him, he's just never looked the same. He was cast out even he was miscast in Philadelphia. He just hasn't find found his role in Dallas. And I don't know. I don't know what it was. I mean, look, you weren't getting the kind of player that Jimmy Butler was for sure, but you wanted somebody who was a much more capable and competent version of Josh Richardson and neither Philadelphia nor Dallas has gotten that out of him. So just something to keep in mind. I, I think, honestly, I would think that a, a reunion with Miami would really benefit both he and the team. Build his value back up, stay with the team long-term, contribute to a winner, part of this culture, fit alongside Jimmy Butler, you'll get it done. I think it would be a fantastic reunion to, to come together with Bam Adebayo to be a contributor. That's a guy who can provide some depth off the bench, who can really give you something. I, I you know We'll talk about potential additions, potential free agents and things of that sort all throughout the offseason because there's plenty of time to get into it. And even when it comes to a guy that I'm going to be talking about now, Dame Lillard, there's a lot to break down in the potential fit and everything else. But one aspect of Dame Lillard's weird offseason, and it's been a weird offseason only after just a few days, he was ousted by the Denver Nuggets. They lost a series and immediately – and an announcement was made almost, I think, the very next day that after that ouster, Portland and head coach Terry Stotts had agreed to mutually part ways. Now, I don't buy that for a second. I don't know that Stotts was able to get any more out of that roster than what he did. He took them as far as he could. I think he, Dame Lillard had a phenomenal performance, but you saw some rather public grumbling from Yusuf Nurkic and other players that maybe – uh, things weren't going very well, very smoothly, that things needed to change and asking for specific kind of changes, and then all of a sudden Stotts is out. So I don't know whether or not it falls on him. I, I think if you ask your typical Trailblazer fan or even media member, the focus is more likely to fall on Neil O'Shea and, and the general manager there because he has just – well, he hasn't built a very good roster. And a, even a media member, which, you know, 
I shake my head when I see those kinds of comments on Twitter making uh, uh, some kind of speculation about the fact that uh, Olshea is a very good general manager. And then it's interesting to see tons and tons of Portland fans just listing I, something that they feel very comfortable doing all the various missteps throughout his, his career in Portland. And, and there have been a few, not just drafting Zach Collins over Bam Adebayo, not just extending Myers Leonard and giving him a huge contract and, and matching Alan Crabb's deal from the Brooklyn Nets and paying him $70 million to basically not even be a, a, a facsimile of a player in Brooklyn, I'm sorry, or in Portland. It's just, it's on and on and on. There have been various things. And maybe you can make that case for any front office member. If you look at some missteps along the way, Pat Riley certainly has them. But I think you'd argue that more often than not, there have been many more positives than negatives. And I think... Uh, that might not necessarily be the case in Portland. And so Sots taking over a faulty roster, the only coach that Dame Lillard's ever played for, and yet he's out. And I think a lot of people now are assuming because they were out of the playoffs, because they were dropped once again, and he had a historically good performance, that he's looking for a new team. So there's plenty to break down into that. My specific focus today won't be on... Dane Lillard's fit, how likely it'll be to pry him out of Portland and things of that sort. There have been rumors, reports that I'm not sure I can substantiate regarding the Lakers' interest in him, the Miami interest in him, and probably 27 other teams along the way interested in Portland superstar Dame Lillard. But I don't know that he's actually going to be traded at any point soon. But regarding the coaching change there, immediate names that came to light as far as on Portland's radar were... Chauncey Billups and Jason Kidd. And according to Chris Hayes of Yahoo Sports, Jason Kidd is the guy I want, according to Dame Lillard, as per Yahoo Sports. So Jason Kidd is the guy that Dame Lillard wants. There's a lot to break down there. Uh, if you've heard me on this show or a Locked on NBA, especially when Kidd was once a head coach, uh, I think it's pretty easy to say that I am not a fan. Uh, on the court, I don't know that he ever actually did any real bit of coaching. From everything I've heard from people who covered the Milwaukee team that he was a part of, he was a disaster of a head coach there, pitting young players against each other to see who rose to the top. Now, Giannis, a big fan of kids because I think he had the ability to rise to the top, but you had other guys like Japari Parker and others, even veteran players, that just couldn't seem to mesh alongside Jason Kidd there. I think what Jason has is the respect of players around the league because he is a Hall of Fame level player. Now, that's not taking into consideration his off-the-court issues, which are pretty, well, I think important because he has, does have a history of domestic violence against his former wife, his ex-wife. And I think those are the kinds of things that are important to keep in mind. Uh, Kid, however, let's backtrack there and at least preface by saying, Kid has removed his name for some reason from the Portland head coaching search. He is now an assistant head coach to Frank Vogel with the Los Angeles Lakers, and I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm not sure why he pulled his name out. I'm not sure if it's because a lot of people uh, were bringing up his, his sordid past as a, a an abuser. And so I think that might be part of the reason. Maybe he just doesn't, he wants to contribute. He wants to be a guy who just 
does some coaching without the limelight, without the attention that's put on him, without being uh, forced to answer questions about his history and things of that sort. So maybe that's a possibility. Again, this is all subjective. He hasn't added any kind of specific information or context as to why he is no longer a candidate for the Trailblazers. But what I was interested in is, well, why the hell would Dane Lillard want Jason Kidd to be the head coach? Again, as far as X's and O's are concerned, I don't see that he's done anything positive, whether in his stint in Brooklyn or in Milwaukee. Like, you will not look at anybody who knows coaching, who knows play analysis, who breakdowns gameplay and things of that sort, and can look at what Kidd does well and say that he does anything particular well does he have an encyclopedic memory of basketball does he have that incredible ability to make the right pass at the right time was he a good shooter throughout his career as he continued to evolve yes all those things are true does that necessarily translate into coaching i don't know that it has with kid and again there are more instances of him kind of blowing it and mismanaging things and of course there's a rather uh, widely publicized display of asking a player to bump into him where he spills ice on the floor and looks kind of clownish and unprofessional i just again and then there's also the reports about him splitting a locker room apart and i don't know why lillard wants that guy when stotts to his credit Everybody loved Terry Stutz. Was he a little gruff? Was he a little direct? Did he maybe not get the most out of that roster? All things possible. The defense has been woeful there. I don't think that was always his fault. I think that's some, somewhat on the players themselves. But as a person, as a coach, I think Stutz was fine. I don't think I don't think the coaching was really the issue in Portland. I rarely think that coaching is the issue anywhere. But I also don't think that Jason Kidd is going to go and solve shit there. I don't think he's going to go in there and do a damn thing. And it makes me question what kind of a coach Lillard is looking for and why he would want to play for a guy like Eric Spolstra. Now, maybe I'll, I'll just, I've gone a little bit longer than I should have, so maybe I should just save this discussion to the next segment. And, and maybe if you're looking to make a little money and you've got a wager on who might be the next head coach over in Portland, Bet Online is the place for you because they're the fastest and easiest way to bet in all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online, but there's tons of sports action going on from, of course, the NBA playoffs, the new WNBA season, the NHL, and so much more. So head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, contest information, and more. Don't sit on the sidelines. This is your chance to get into the game and make as much money as possible. Head to their website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Ben Online, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with a Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Rakowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So before the break, I was, of course, talking about uh, Dame Lillard and why he wants Jason Kidd. I shrugged my head. I shrugged my shoulders at that because I, I, I have no idea why he would want that. Why he would be so public about specifically saying that's the guy I want. Well, Kidd now pulling out there. Now, okay. I, I should also add perhaps some context, again, speculative that with the Lakers' interest there and knowing that Lillard is a big fan of what Kidd can do, that the Lakers are interested in adding a guy like Lillard. Sure. Absolutely fine. Maybe that's 
a big part of it. You know, Lillard puts out there that he wants Kidd as his head coach. Then Kidd, as a Lakers assistant, says, sorry, I'm not doing it. Whoever comes in now has to deal with that, has to try and repair a relationship that they don't even have yet with a guy like Lillard. And say, sorry, I'm not your first, you know, I'm sorry I'm not your first choice. I know you're settling for me, but I'm your guy or or woman. And, and you know, now you have to kind of deal with me. And, and that can't be a good start to things. It kind of reminds me of Frank Vogel. You know, he was like, I think the third or fourth option for the Lakers. And I know Frank. I've talked to him a lot of times, a number of times in Orlando. I like Vogel personally, despite I know a lot of you have some grievances towards him from his time in Indiana. But Vogel, not a bad person. A friendly person, likable in many, many ways. And I think he went into that Lakers situation as comfortably as he possibly could, knowing that there were some challenges of dealing with guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And even not knowing that he was going to deal with Anthony Davis because he did join that team before they added that player. So was able to guide him to a championship anyway. So I, I think that's a, a a positive step. But who knows who's going to take over the Portland job. But I just don't even know why he put it out there unless he's somehow looking to facilitate a trade to the Los Angeles Lakers. Always a possibility. But it makes me question why he'd even want to join a team like Miami or play for like a coach like Eric Spolstra. Now, Spolstra is probably the exact opposite of a guy like Jason Kidd. What does he do well? Well, everything. He micromanages. He watches. He's intense. He's a guy who's a good coach as far as X's and O's, who does the right thing about making the right plays and calling the right plays. He's known for that. He's known for an emphasis on defense, something that, unfortunately, Lillard has always shied away from throughout his career, not necessarily a great defensive player. So a guy like Spolstra... For all that he does well, it's kind of the antithesis or the opposite of what Jason Kitts provides and, and what Dame Lillard is apparently, allegedly looking for. And now the one thing that Kidd does have that Spolster doesn't have is the, the the status that comes with being a Hall of Fame level player. And that matters. I'll never forget reading Ray Allen's book and him basically saying, why the hell should I care about Eric Spolstra and what he has to say when that guy hasn't played a single second in the NBA? And that does matter, you know. You have to be a tireless workaholic, an obsessive madman of a worker like Jimmy Butler and some of the people that are, are on Miami's roster to embrace what Eric Spolstra does. Otherwise, you start to question why this guy is putting us through hoops that he doesn't understand because he didn't have the luxury of being an NBA player. And that does matter. It does matter to these players. And so you have to you have to find the right person. And look, like Pat Riley has said a number of times and like Pat Riley will continue to say this front this franchise is not for everybody. And look, Eric Spolstra says it, the players of all embrace saying it. They understand. You have to want to come to Miami. You have to want to come and play for Eric Spolstra. And I have to seriously question what Lillard's motivation is moving forward if he's picking Kidd as his next coach. I I don't get it. It's a head-scratching move in every way. To go from a guy who built a culture, who built and fostered togetherness and Stotts, who was a good offensive coach, who did some things well, if nothing else, and, and to say, I, I want the guy opposite of that. I want the guy who's known for tearing locker rooms apart, who's not particularly good as exit and O's, but damn, was he a good player from Oakland where I happen to be a part of. Like, is that the thing? 
Like, why not hire Gary Payton as your next coach? If that's the, if the way you feel about it. Hey, he's got ties to the Pacific Northwest, right? As a former Seattle Sonic. Bring him on, too. Like, is is this who Dane Willard is? I, I, I am so confused by his public display of, of calling for Kidd as his coach. When Kidd is just not a particularly good coach, objectively not a good coach, not very successful as a head coach, and again, with the off-the-court issues that you know most players, most people surrounding and covering the league and in the league seem to just casually dismiss, I have, I'm absolutely flummoxed by Lillard's endorsement of a guy like Jason Kidd. And I don't know what he wants. I don't know what he's trying to create here. I don't know why he's trying to create this situation. Maybe he just wants his voice heard. And look, we see this from players all the time. You get to a certain point in your career and you wonder, you know, am I just, am I a henchman for the front, the franchise? Can I do a little bit more? What can I do to have my voice heard? And look, we've heard more and more of it, more grumbling, at least publicly, through Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, who is very, very connected to Dame Lillard. We've heard a lot of those kind of grumblings from him throughout the course of the season where he says, oh, I need more change. And then they go on a winning streak and he's kind of quieter for now. And then they make the playoffs, they avoid the play-in tournament, and you start to think, well, maybe Dame's much happier in Portland than what he had led on early in the year. Then they lose quickly to Denver, and Terry Stotts gets fired. And then you start to hear about Kidd as his choice. It's all so confusing. There's a lot going on in Portland, and I don't know that we – I don't think anybody, other than maybe Chris Haynes, has a full, has a full story on what's happening there and what's going to happen there. And I know a lot of you are already packaging Tyler Hero and every, anybody else on the Heat roster that isn't Bam Adebayo or Jimmy Butler for Dame Lillard. And, and some of you have even wanted to trade Bam Adebayo for Dame Lillard. Again, something I will talk about in another episode. But it, it's a, a little bit too dramatic right now over in Portland. And I don't think that's necessarily what Miami likes to be a part of. Now, I will say Dame is absolutely a target for Miami if he is, in fact, available. And Pat Riley casually dropping his name in reference to uh, his fantastic level of play in the playoffs during his end-of-season presser. And I think everybody associated with Heat Nation really was, was uh huh? They heard Pat Riley mention Dane Lillard, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, this is somebody on Pat's radar. But he also mentioned Kawhi Leonard, both of whom should be on Miami's radar. And again, we'll get plenty of coverage from this show down the road. But right now, I just... I was a little confused about the whole Jason Kidd thing, and it kind of made me question what Lillard wants, why he would even entertain the notion of playing for Miami if he's willing to play for a guy like Jason Kidd, and I don't know that there are any clear answers there. Unfortunately, I talked a little bit too long, and I haven't really been able to get into what Miami's schedule was like and why it's changed over the last couple of seasons, why the Heat front office might be a little caught off guard based on how successful they were last year and how unsuccessful they were this year but I will have to devote that topic to another episode right now I just wanted to give you again a reminder that you can always reach me via email at lockedonheat at gmail.com or via twitter using the hashtag askloheat I'm also going to put out a call if you have not done so already please leave a review uh, due to my recent interaction with Milwaukee Bucks fans I hate doing this but it's also part of what's necessary for this podcast to survive, right, is to have positive reviews. They went in there and trashed my reviews up. Uh, they've left, I think, like at least a half dozen that continues to make my overall rating plummet. And, and again, I feel really, really bad asking for this, but 
it's necessary, please go leave a review. Leave a five-star review if, if you feel inclined to do so. Uh, they've negatively impacted the podcast, uh, whether they intended to or not. But a special thanks to all of our sponsors and uh, a special thanks to all of you. I'm David Ramil, signing off for now.